Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of In the Shed with Eva Frazier and I, your host of the Bike Portland podcast, Jonathan Moss. We had a really great conversation a few hours ago and I think you're going to love it. So I'll let you just get right into it and I'll see you on the other side. This is it. This is it. This is the We're first, gonna talk about first time back in the shed. It's a new year. 24. I felt different for like a couple minutes. <laughs> How? In what way? And we're back into the, the stuff, you know? Um, into well, the was, stuff. Well, was, was that an attempt at not swearing? myself? Well, it's just like, you know, making some notes about what we should chat about today. And I was like, you know, I think the like, for a lot of us, or maybe you're different, but the whole... It's going to be a great year. Wow. What a, it's just because everything's beautiful and you're optimistic. And then like 20 seconds into the new year, you're just like back into all the mud. It's mud hard that muck. it's January. We just need to move to South America where it's summer. What? Oh, when yeah. the new year hits, right? Would you feel yeah. differently if it was summer? I think so. Yeah. Or, or spring, ideally. Okay, let's go I to mean, Peru. Who made up the calendar and why wouldn't <laughs> the new year be in spring? Well, the Georgians. Yeah. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. Do you, have you resolved to do anything differently? Do you do that? Not really. I don't really do that, but it is a thought I've had in my head. Mostly mine are just, I think this year, just like, like being, mostly it boils down to just like being more humble and, uh, you know, accepting of other people. And I think that's great. Not getting so fired up if people are Shifting your outlook. Yeah. And just being like, you know, there's a lot of different ways to see things and some people are where they're at and. You know, yeah. can't really change everything. Trying to be more comfortable with just like things are what they are, you know. And <laughs> well, anyway. it's very zen of you. Things are what they are. Being someone who's extremely online, it's that's really hard. Another wrinkle of that, you yeah. know, seeing everybody just raging about everything. Do every you ever day. just want to unplug? Do you ever do that where you like take a week off of? I mean, sometimes I mean, you can't for your work. I I can't really unplug from it too long for work. Yeah, but. It also, it doesn't really like, I don't think it bothers me like some people, you know, just because, you Or know, do you think it doesn't bother you because you're so used to it? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of why, which means that it's bothered me quite a bit, yeah. I guess, if you think about it. But yeah, that's true. I, mean, I recommend retiring. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you cannot say, that is not, <laughs> I know. can't say that. It's like a, not a, it's a very... Yeah, I was just talking to someone. approach. It, it is. And we will do a bike, uh, bike happy hour book club. Absolutely. Are you picking books? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to start off with The the Power Broker by Robert Caro. It's about 900 pages. Just kidding. We're not starting with The Power <laughs> Broker. It's weird. I think something happened. That book has become like the book everybody's talking about at the same time, and it's freaking me out. I've it's, never heard of it. It's super old. Like it's, uh, I, don't, I should know, it's from the 70s or 80s. It's basically okay. like a seminal work for like urbanists and you know, freeway fighters. And it's the book of like Robert Moses. Okay. Right. Yeah. Robert Moses, the guy who, you know, created the interstate highway system, all this stuff. I, I don't know everything about him, but I know enough to know he was the some, one who decided this bridge is only going to be this tall so that buses can't go here. Yeah. He was a bad dude when it came to like just raising neighborhoods and putting in, you know, freeways at all costs. Right. Anyway. So this book is just, I should, I should stop talking about it cause I haven't read it, but it's, I heard it's a real trudge to get through. Uh, and someone mentioned that we should do that for the Bike Happy Hour Book Club. And I was like, nope, we're not doing that. Maybe in like four chunks. I don't wanna, we could. We're on part or one. Or is it too depressing? We're on part do two. we want a more optimistic book to start the year? We'll see. Oh, there's that one, what, The Happy City? That's a yeah, famous I urbanist love that book. book. Um, 
I was thinking maybe, yeah, there's Walkable City by Jeff Speck, which is really nice. Maybe we'll start with Human Transit by Jarrett Walker just to focus on a local Portland author. Like we could we could have the first five be Portland authors. Like there's a lot of great local sort of urbanist books. Ellie Blue. Ellie Blue. We could do some of those. Anyway, more on that. More on that to come. Oh, um, Snow in the Forecast. This makes me laugh because it's like half an inch or something what? in a week. It's still snow. Says the upstate New Yorker. I know my parents. I was talking to my parents on the phone before I came here. They live in the Hudson Valley in New York. And they're like, oh, there's snow coming this weekend. And my dad had gone to the store to buy some soup, I guess. And he was like, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like a blizzard's coming. And she's like, it's this is six to 12 inches. Just? Just six to 12 inches. That would literally shut Portland down for <laughs> weeks. The city yeah, is actually it's happened before. The city just put out a video with like full like a music soundtrack and like slow mo's of like snowflakes hitting like all very emotional, right? And it's all about the snow coming. And then I so I, I grabbed my phone and I was looking at the and it was like it's not first of all ne- not till next Friday. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like this tiny little dusting. Forecast is probably going to change. I don't know. They love being. Super I do love prepared. riding my bike in the snow though. It's fun. Yeah, me too. To a, to a certain extent, until it gets all slushy and dirty. and Yeah, like the slushy, dirt, the after. Yeah. You got to ride on the day of the snow. And then you can help push people who have stupidly driven their cars. Yeah, the abandoned cars. I was glad to see the fire, the Portland fire guy was on the video saying that our, the biggest thing for us on like response are people who abandon their cars. So don't do that. It's like, yeah, <laughs> thank you for saying that. It's like they get to experience our little, like people parking in bike lanes. Like that's the, that's the like emergency response re- equivalent, you know? It's like, we're just, they're trying to, trying oh, to go man. save people and there's <clears> cars I never, I never made that connection in you my know? head. So just think about, it. you know, if you're a fire person and people abandon their cars in a snowstorm, you know what it's like to be a bike rider and people park in the bike lanes. There you go. Totally. There was that great totally video. Was it last year? Somebody rode their bike down 26 when there mm-hmm. were all the cars just. Yeah. That was stuck. That was abandoned. one of the most popular posts that was we that did f- last year. Oh, this was like February or something, right? Was it this year? Devin, it was last, Devin. You know, 2023. Yeah, I think it was Devin Bailey. Okay. Leg- local legend. Just so happened because to be of him. that? Or Pretty otherwise? much. Well, it's that is right in his sort of like legendary oeuvre, or whatever you want to call it. Is that a good word? That's oeuvre. I love it. Oeuvre? Mm-hmm. Is that like his body of work? Yes. Ish? Okay. Mm-hmm. So Devin Bailey is known he's this guy he started like um a lot of the chasing lions kind of series of rides in town um the guy that you got to tell me more he about didn't that. start the durand pdx but he did a few that are similar to that so durand which a lot of folks i don't know how many of our podcast listeners would know what that is see there's all these as you know all these i sub, don't live in that overlap all these subcultural parts of the portland bike scene and like this is definitely getting into the more racery trainery spandexery one um, but yeah, it was super amazing hill climb ride, unsanctioned. Okay. At its peak, it was well. There's an OPB. Uh, what's that called? What's the outdoor show? Anyway, it's there was an OPV video on it. Like it's a whole thing, uh, and it's it's like basically every major climb in the West Hills. So it starts down in Northwest Industrial. It used to at least things have changed, um, and it would just go up and down <laughs> every major climb in the West Hills from like. Saltzman, which is like, you know, over there off of um, Highway 30. And then imagine going south up and over Forest Park, essentially, right? In the ridge there, the West Hills, all the way to like south of Council Crest, you know, and just everything in between. It had just up and down, up and up down and, down and up mm-hmm. and down. I think it, it's like 50 miles or so. And there'd be like, I want to say 9,000 feet of climb. 
I mean, it's just Barf. very, 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 very hard, but so fun because there's so many people, homeowners would come out and they like, you know, there's lemonade and beer and people do anyway, it's a huge thing. Devin is one of the, like most, the big, like endurance just always has been amazing rider can ride forever. He'll like ride back roads to the coast, you know, in the rain, that kind of person. Anyway, he did a bunch of other hill. So the, when he sent me a video of riding 26 in the snow, I was just like, how perfect is this? Anyway, this is a video that Devin had, if you, if you never saw it, where it's like a, basically a whiteout on Highway 26. And he's like slip and sliding on his bike with a bunch of cars and everything. Anyway, the last thing I would probably ever do. Ride on 26. Pure. With a bunch of idiots that don't have snow tires. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's, that storm sort of like caught everyone by surprise, I think. It was like one of these... Started snowing just before commute hour. Oh, and I don't remember. So you have a, a memory. I have that's a recollection now. More detailed than mine. Because uh, I sent everyone home from work when it started to snow. So I was like, mm. it's, "This is gonna get bad." And I, of course, stayed until the end. And then I rode my bike home, and I saw the terrible backup on eighty four. You know, I'm riding oh, over the yeah. Blumenauer Bridge, and I saw I saw a few other mm-hmm. people on bikes, mm-hmm. but it was like coming down thick. Yeah, we've, 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 we've had some of those for sure. I mean, it's bad enough when this town gets snow, much less when it's like unexpected and yeah. at like the perfect time yeah, for four o'clock and for peak. Okay. Lightning round, not a quiz, <clears throat> lightning round of questions, compliments of a listener named Paige. Hey Paige. Who sent on, sent in some stuff. She had some other good questions, but we've already burned so much time. <laughs> with our normal banter that I'll, I'll save them for another time. Lightning round, compliments of Paige. I don't know. I'll just start with you as the questioner. Sunrise or sunset? Ooh. Well, sunset, because I am really bad at waking up early. So begrudgingly sunset, but you don't have anything opposed to sunrise? I actually would prefer sunrise, ah. but I just can't get my butt out of bed. Yeah, can relate. My daughter's visiting. She's with friends. in. Um, she, they went up to Mount Bachelor to like do some skiing or whatever this these days, this weekend. And she just te- texted us a video with like a bunch of, I think it's elk, several herds. And she's like, oh my gosh, nobody woke us up, but this is what happened outside <laughs> our window this morning. Dang. And I'm like, girl, you're up in the woods. You cannot sleep in. You got to be up early to check stuff out. So she's like, all right, tonight I'm sleeping outside because I, I don't want to miss it. Anyway, yeah, getting up early. Hard to do, but mm-hmm. often, How about you? often pays Sunrise, off. Sunrise, sunset. Uh Probably sunset. Yeah. You know, definitely more more sunset, I think. And it's just more to contemplate. Sunrise is kind of like, you know, you still got the cobwebs in your brain. It's like 2024. It's a fresh start. I guess. Yeah. Maybe they're just more rare for me. So I, it's hard for me to <laughs> connect to them as much. This is the slowest lightning round ever. <laughs> I know. Okay. Lightning round. <laughs> I'm going to edit all that out. We're just going to get right to the answers and cut the BS. Okay. Disc brakes or brake pads? Or brake pads. Or rim brakes. Oh, rim brakes. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of old school. I like rim brakes, although the bike I rode here today has disc brakes on it. That may come up in the snow because lots of people like to do the zip tie on the tires and you can't do that with rim brakes. It's true. Yep. I just let air out of my tires. Yeah, that's a good thing too. We could do a whole thing on, but we won't do it right now. Yeah. Um, probably for me, I don't know. I guess I would say... I guess I would say disc brakes for now. I, I am kind of like a more retro person in some ways, but boy, just having like one finger power is really nice. It's, it's pretty cool. Hey, you don't have to choose. That's what's great. 
an N plus one lifestyle. <laughs> oh, we do have to You're choose. Right. You do have to choose because it's a lightning round. Yeah. Okay. Beer or wine? Beer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would I would concur. Nice IPA. Yeah. Beer. Okay, next one. Waterproof socks, yes or no? No. No. Gross. Yeah. Same. Gosh. Just boots. Boots, yeah. Oh, you see oh, you didn't see my new boots. I took them out. I got the Boggs tall waterproof oh, yeah. boots. They look like cowboy boots. Are they? Oh, they're more oh, like. Oh, they have that neoprene. Um, yeah, they're like, they're pretty utilitarian mm-hmm. boots. Okay. But, you know, yeah, I had a, I got a whole new thing of like real, you know. I'm wearing sandals. In my world, we just call them cyclocross boots. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, For that's, going to the race. Yeah. I mean, you may call them farm boots if you're of a certain ilk, or you may call them, uh, I don't know, rain boots, I suppose. But I'd look at them. I'm like, that's what you wear at a cyclocross race when it's yeah. just. I'd be like for mucking the stables. Yeah. Because you never know. You know, I might have to go cover some event in the mud <laughs> and there i got my boots now anyway um night well this one's kind of like sunrise sunset but different mm-hmm. night rides or morning rides Ooh, man that's a tough morning one. rides hmm i'll go with night rides yeah cool do you do the midnight mystery ride ever i've done it like twice i think in okay. my entire life here i always mean to do it and then i'm like that's so it's so late you know i don't think of social rides when i think of night rides i i like riding at night when i back when i was riding more a couple years ago um i love doing solo night rides just like in the woods it's always been when i was in santa barbara like in just riding a ton with with all the all the guys we would do like night mountain bike rides at you know, up in the back country or like what, even the front country trails. And it was just so amazing when you have a little, especially on single track, when you have a light, like if you've never been single track at night, this will be hard to understand, but like, it's like counterintuitively weird where you're, if you're like on narrow single track, that's kind of dangerous and you're riding it at night, but then all you can think about is what your light beam. You don't know how dangerous it is. Exactly. So it's this weird thing that I just love that feeling of like flying through the trail at night and all you see is that little patch of your light and nothing else. Like you don't know there's cliffs and rocks and you're kind of just like in this like wonderful oblivion. You're like a horse with blinders. Flow, just rolling through the woods anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And all, but you know. I should try that. Yeah. It's really, and more recently, like even just going to Forest Park at night was really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, when I used to do it more, there's little mice that scurry around in front of you. There's like, I don't know, there's something about it that's just really cool being out there at night and you have the whole park to yourself. I always also like that. I like to ride when I feel like I'm getting a like secret riding. Like Ooh. nobody else is riding right now except me. I don't know why. I just like it's fun. I used to love so night rides. Fourth of July, just riding your bike around town when everyone's setting off their fireworks. Yes. I know it's, you know, illegal and but toxic for your also, lungs. Yeah, it's like really terrible and yeah. dangerous and whatever and cats hate it. But no, it's like just riding through all the neighborhoods and seeing all the parties happening and the people having fun and sitting on their porches. See, That's see, magic. See how, This is how desperate we are <laughs> as Americans for like vibrant streets, Eva. Hmm. I mean, that's all you described are just a regular street. In a, just in, humans out interacting with each other. Imagine <laughs> people being outside of their homes on the street, yeah. making life interesting. You shouldn't have to wait <laughs> until... <laughs> Fourth of July when there's pyrotechnics wait. also involved. See what we were willing to sacrifice <laughs> just for the vibrant streets that we all so desperately want. Yikes. Okay, last one. What's worse? Atmospheric river or heat dome? Probably heat dome. Yeah. 
Nobody dies in the atmospheric river. Yeah. It's a very selfless answer. <laughs> but I but I, I agree. Yeah, I'll go outside. Yeah, I can go outside and have fun in the in the atmospheric river. It's not that bad. And like you said, yeah, heat dome is like a pretty serious thing. It's hard. Yeah. I I mean, I'm one of those people that keeps riding through it like an idiot and you're finding the shady spots to stop in and you're like strategizing how what routes to take so you can mm-hmm. be on the shady side of the street. Like that's, that's shout weird. Out. I was going to say shout out to city of Portland for doing everything they can to put trees, more trees, streets, more yeah. trees and to route bike streets in places that already have shade. It's actually, it's actually a thing. If you don't ride yeah. a lot yet and you're just getting started, watch this summer, notice how important it is. Shady streets, and you and I are very lucky living in the inner neighborhoods where there are a lot more of them. Yeah, and these old streets with these old trees because you get further out east and there's no trees and it's hot and it makes biking a lot less fun. Yeah, thanks for the uh, lightning round questions page, that was fantastic. If anyone else ever has anything they want us to talk about, feel free to send it in. You can message us at Bike Portland on all of the social channels or wherever else. Saw you at happy hour this week. Yeah. You were scheming with um with Kyle Johnson. Oh, could you could you tell? I could tell. And then I realized, well, they're fellow fellow board members of yeah. iCloud, right? So we were scheming official business. Scheming like how to eat dinner together. Mm. But also about potentially hiring someone for Bike Loud mm-hmm. to help I don't know, be a liaison with the community, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I heard Kyle mention something about that. I swear I, I went up to him at Bike Happy Hour and I was having a conversation earlier that day with someone about uh, doing like more reports, you know, PDX reporter and like mm-hmm. all the stuff about like cars blocking bike lanes or stuff in bike lanes or whatever it might be and how the city relies so much on that. And I'm like, we should formalize this somehow. What if there was a nonprofit that like coordinated like a whole team of people that we're good at doing these reports and like, let's really take the city at their word that they want to be complaint based and just be really good complainers. Is that true that the city just wants to hear people complain and yeah, well, it's that's all the, reactionary? Yeah. That's the thing with a lot of, with, with a lot of these issues, Yeah, you know, it's not like whether you want a bike lane or not necessarily, although you can complain about that and there's a way to get that on the record at the city that will, will ultimately yeah. like work it up the chain. But I'm talking more like little livability issues, right? Like, like a pothole on a bike lane or, or mm-hmm. just a, a place where people always park in the bike lane or, uh, you know, just issues like that. Right. Right. There's this thing, PDX reporter, you can go online, you can file a report and it's not just like a complaint line. It, like it literally gets tagged in the city of Portland system. There's someone that will then like dispatch it to the proper people. Right. And you, you usually get follow-ups. And the reason I always talk about it is because it actually works. Like I hear a lot of success stories, right? So if you have a nagging like, or like a branch is too low, going across this bikeway, whatever, they'll fix it. They'll come out and fix it. Uh, and, you know, part of me, I like that because it's great to see the city respond. But it also kind of grates at me that you have to rely on people to do the legwork when, you know, it's like, well, we have a city to do that. And then it's also like inherently inequitable, right? Because we know the kind of people who tend to complain yeah. more. Um, and that part has gotten more uh, sort of like, I think acute in terms of being problematic in the last several years when we're starting to see all these pieces of our systems that kind of favor certain people and, you know, disfavor others. So I have some quibbles with it, but it's there and that's what the city, that's how they work. And so I'm like, why do we, why do we have these like superstar reporters? I could probably name like 
half dozen off the top of my head who I know have it on speed dial daily. Yes. And I'm like, all right, that's a whole nother level that I'm, I'm not, that's not, that's not me, but you go do you. And it's, and it's great if that's what people want to do, but like, it's why rely on this, you know, this person here, that person there. Like you could actually, like, if you're wanted to organize that from a community standpoint, you could actually, you know, first of all, tell people that it exists, tell them how to make the complaints and track it, have monthly meetups where you like talk about your successes, right? Just lean into it. Yeah. City would probably love it. That's their whole thing is like, oh yeah, like, you know, flexi posts that are down. That's another big one that they've kept coming back to me and saying, hey, we just can't, we can't know when the flex posts are missing. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's such an <laughs> annoying answer because <laughs> I, I can kind of sympathize. Like, you know, what is, how big is our city? Like how many square miles? And like, there's thousands of those little posts and like, yeah, I don't, I don't expect PBOT to like know when they go down. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So what if we, what if we just had this massive but anyway, I love Kyle's idea. He's been talking about I it for a long Kyle, time. I didn't ask Kyle, so I wasn't going to say anything. But since you brought it up, yeah, I think yeah. And when Nick it's was cool. when Nick was chair of Bike Loud, I think that's cool. Always been a little bit of a like a back burner thing. Great, I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Okay, look for the job listing on Bike Portland. Yeah, Bike Portland does have job listings, by the way. People yeah. don't know we've helped hundreds of people get jobs. Clever over the Cycles past. definitely. Like, yeah, posted all the time. Yeah, hundred bucks a listing until it's filled. Mm-hmm. So go less, check it out. Less weird than Craigslist. Less weird, yes. Very targeted audience. <laughs> um, what else happened at Bike Happy Hour? We had a repeat city council candidate come, which I... Joseph. Joseph Emerson, running in District 2. I Sorry, I hate to keep harping on this district thing. Yeah. I, I realize now why... But do you hate it? I realize now why it's so hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make it... I was it's thinking... Not clockwise. It's not clockwise. Okay, but I thought I figured it out, and then just today before this, I, I realized I still didn't get it. Cause we I need a mnemonic device. We do. I, now I'm just Let's seeing it, it in my head. It starts in the east. Just remember that. Mm-hmm. It starts. It goes east to west. One is east. So it's one, two, three, four. It goes east it to west, but not sense. really. Yeah, it doesn't. Anyway, Joseph's running the district too. He came to happy hour again, a repeat visit, right? Unannounced to me, which I thought was nice. So I'm just, these are all the points he gets for showing up. He was rocking a suit coat. Didn't tell me he was coming, which is cool. Brought his wife again, which was nice. Always, if you bring family, bonus points. Mm-hmm. And he brought his little two-year-old, who I didn't yeah. get a chance to hold. Is that too forward? Should I not assume that I could hold people? Kissing kids? babies. I mean, hands. I just love little babies. They're so fun. Oh, that kid didn't want to be there though. There okay, so he did they, screaming. He well, I gotta say too, as like a family man myself, as like I, I saw, I saw the kid leave, and then I was like, that's when I was gonna zero in on Joseph and be like, all right, dude, now we can talk. <laughs> You're not gonna be distracted. Yeah. But he came back, and I thought that was cool. And he just sat around and mingled a lot, a lot of time. So I like that. You know, it's like it's one thing to come to bike happy hour, and and then you know never come back or just kind of check it off your box, let's say. But if you come back for seconds or thirds, it's even better. You yeah. know. And then there was one point late in the night where I saw uh, Joseph. Joseph was sitting there talking to some folks, and then he looks up at me and he says, "So what did happen on North Williams Avenue?" And I was like, "Oh man." And he genuinely wanted to know. Now, that's yeah. his district, right? Uh, district 2 is north and northeast, and maybe they were talking about that. So that was interesting. Uh, and he seemed genuinely interested in what I had to, in my res- in my response. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, He's only lived here a few years. Yeah. He, he hasn't been here super long. I did I did follow up with him and said thanks for coming, and I, I emailed him a link to the 64 posts that I've made on the North Williams Project. Oh, dang. Yeah. And, 
surprisingly, I've not heard reading. back. <laughs> exactly. I haven't heard back yet. Give back to me when you're done. Yeah, a little smothering there, but I'm like, hey, you asked about <laughs> Williams. Here it is. Every twist and turn. All detailed for you there. And then uh, Tony Tapai brought his stickers. I don't know if you saw them, but he has these stickers that say, um, this is our sidewalk, not your driveway. Oh, and it has a picture of someone pushing a stroller and then like the, you know, the international symbol of a wheelchair. What is and up with the people that park like sort of in the driveway, but like halfway into the street? Oh, yeah. Where they do the like, yeah, I'm not blocking the sidewalk really just a little bit. It's just annoying and selfish. And people here are really bad at parking. I'm just going to mm. I'm going to put that out. Well, there. they're not forced to be good. It's the I'm, West. You yeah. know, we got all this space. I know. Right. I went to college in Walla Walla and everything is diagonal parking, mm. which actually means that people are better at it because it's less hard. It's very delineated. Right. You park within the lines. Yeah. People here park forwards, backwards, perpendicular. Yeah. I don't understand. Anything goes. Anything it really goes. is. Symptom of a larger problem, right? Like. Well, PDX reporter. I've I've reported you, people re- for have? sure for for parking in front of curb cuts. Ooh, we just found something. Eva's really. <laughs> that's your thing. Is I the parking. get a little worked up. Parking on corners and curb cuts. Ugh, oh, gross. When, when I was a kid, I remember when I was learning to drive, like parking in front of a fire extinguisher or a fire parking hydrant. In, yeah, parking in front of a fire hydrant was like, I don't know why that sticks in my head. Is like that was like a major thing. I'm sure it was a big ticket. I mean, I grew like, up in the suburbs, so yeah. I'm, I'm showing my colors here. And like, I get, you live in a real city that maybe yeah. never crossed your mind or like a big city and this bigger problem. I actually don't know what the rules are. Like how far, how much space do you need to give the fire hydrant? Oh, I, w- I don't know. That's a good point. Spe- size of a fire truck. How about that even? <laughs> That's a lot of space. Okay. I would just think a car, like a, a parking space near. Yeah. Anyway, I, I could walk to the park here and I, every day I'll see someone parked in front of it. The one on the corner. Well, it's on a corner too. They don't too. paint the curbs. True. Why don't they paint the curbs Why more? Why don't they paint the curbs? Anyway, they should paint the curbs more. Speaking of. Here we are blaming other people for things. It's kind of connected to the sort of like anything goes culture and, and driving and, you know, car use. So this it, is a thing that's happening, right? A lot of people. I don't know what percentage of people in Portland grew up here or have always lived here, but Mm. there's a lot of people that haven't always lived here and they don't know. I'm sure the rules are a little bit different from municipality to municipality. In terms of parking? Yeah, I think to a certain degree. Not like on the right side of the street, you park faced with traffic. Or general, how about just general courtesy of not blocking ramps? Yeah, for sure. Or corners? I don't know. But there are other cities where they have daylighting at intersections. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? There, the lawsuit that was filed against City of Portland a couple of years ago mm-hmm. from somebody on Ankeny. Okay. I think it was a motorcycle person who brought it, who got hit, and, it, and they were bl- anyway. It, it was on Bike Portland. A couple of people have asked me about it recently. I do. There was some movement on it recently. I think the city paid out to the plaintiff a little bit, but there's also an appeal. The city is trying to appeal it, so it's still like working yeah. its way through the system. But yeah. Was that a particular intersection? Well, I think it was the lawsuit was about the general thing that they're not following their own rule about daylighting, which actually says that they should daylight. Of course, there's exceptions, and the city argues that um, they're able to flex those exceptions, you know, within their rights. So it's an interesting issue. Um, Daylighting, by the way, folks, if you don't know, is like when you can't park up to the corner. And it's a big deal in Portland because, first of all, we have like the largest network of neighborhood greenery streets anywhere, and those are meant to be safe to cross. And if there's people parked up to the curb, especially in bigger trucks and stuff and you can't see around them 
those crossings become really dangerous. Um, so activists have really been sort of like circling on that and are really waiting to, to kind of like force, I think, the city to do more. The city also promised to do a bunch of them. I think like they were going to do 250 intersections. That, that promise was made like in, I want to say, 2017 or so. And it's on it's on my list to kind of like go back and see how many have we done? You Got know, it. what's the progress yeah. on daylighting? It's a really important issue, especially as, you know, the, the fatal uh, crashes and, you know, deaths are just keep continuing to pile up. Um, yeah. How did we get here? How did we get here? We were talking about happy hour. Oh, yeah. Oh, good news about happy hour. Oh, I did have a question about happy hour. I wanted to ask you. Um, and I'll, I'll start with the good news. I got some funding to help support Bike Happy Hour. Awesome. Yeah. I can actually now do cool stuff for Happy Hour without, you know, necessarily paying for it out of, yeah. you know, your standard you have Bike a patron? Portland funds. You have a Happy Hour patron? Not necessarily. <laughs> it's an, or, an organization, blah, blah, blah. Okay. There's a group I've worked with that basically supports small news businesses, right, and wants them to survive. Uh, and they're they're cool enough to to fund stuff uh, that is for businesses that are not nonprofits where yeah. a lot of that stuff goes to nonprofits. But in this case, you don't have to be one. So I qualified for some of the money and I asked them for some money to like help support this cool event we started doing. Uh, so now when I'm like, like I've printed these little, our regular club cards, you know, the little name I tag. I was wondering cards. what I was like, are you ordering business cards? I've reprinted those so many times. Cause we've just, <laughs> it's been awesome. So many people come to happy hour and you know, it's a couple hundred bucks to get those nice cards printed. And it's like, I'm just, you know, I don't have a budget and I'm just kind of like getting those. So anyway, so we can, you know, polish up bike happy hour a little bit. I don't know mm -hmm. what we'll do with it, but it's good for whatever. Well, part, part of it will be the tab that I run up every time <laughs> buying food for everyone and drinks, mind you, mm -hmm. Julie, if you're listening, all the, all those tabs are not just my drinks. <laughs> <laughs> She's worried about you. She's worried about me. I do whenever I'm trying to encourage them to put more like sweet dessert stuff and have it on the menu. Cause I will buy plate after plate of those like churro waffles when they've had them. That's what I've done. Like one night I've I seen, bought like they six have or a key, seven They have orders. like a key lime pie kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. We'll be ordering mm -hmm. pie. I've seen Paul Buchanan eating that. If my funder person is or my funder organization is listening to this, it's not all going to go to pie. All right. We're going to be doing serious things like better signage, doing some promotion. Yeah. And also almost every night at one, one point I'll look around and go, there's pretty much all guys here. I've, I felt that. Oh, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> never in the bike industry. Never. I mean, I, I always so joke that there's never a line at the restroom. So all the, all, all the ladies should come on in yeah. to the bike industry. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that right there is a big advantage. That's a big advantage. If that's the know, only advantage. We Maybe we could. Well, I think, yeah, I could have special guests. Be, I mean, I don't know. There's got to be a way Winter's to Winter's a little hard, generally. Just, yeah. This has been a, a a long challenge for some of the stuff that I do as a guy, you know? Um, like, I remember there was a time when I wanted to, like, have a month or something when it was only women allowed to comment on the site. Oh, yeah. Talk about, boy, there would be some flaming going on if I tried to do that. People, I mean, people are like, oh, how are you going to verify? It's like, just let me decide, you know? Or Wouldn't just let people decide for themselves. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're good enough at faking it, that's the whole point, is that you're actually probably being nice. How do we know you're a woman? Probably because <laughs> that's the whole point. Like, it's not about fooling me. It's like commenting in a way that doesn't, anyway. Um, so stuff like that. We could have a, I don't know, but then I hate to tokenize and be like, let's have a women's night. I'm not going to have women's night at happy hour. Anyway, it's just something I've thought about. You could have ladies night where ladies drink for free. Just bring it back to the early 2000s. Bring it back to the funding. Th you're right. 
I got, I'm just going to do that first drink. No, because then someone's going to criticize it for like, no, no, Whatever. that's it. Okay. Are you going to just not do anything? Because no, people are going to criticize we're gonna you. Do, you're right. I'm not, I'm not, not, that is not yeah. what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. That's it, Eva. We're doing that. I'm going to figure out a way to make that work where it's going to be. If you show up to happy hour, tell me that you're a woman. <laughs> show me you're a woman. Whatever. That didn't come out right. Women who show up to happy hour. Oh how are we going to get through this, right? Come on. We have to get through this stuff. Who's a Billy Billy on women? the street? Have you ever seen his bit where he like, no. he runs up to people with a microphone and just like catches them off guard? And he's like, name a woman. Name a woman. Oh, my God. <laughs> this woman's like. Is that ah. what came to your mind? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is. Well, first drink is on Bike Portland. We'll see. We'll figure out something to do for that. Also, just a reminder, the Bike Happy Hour is not just drinks, drinks. Mm -hmm. If you're not a drinker or you're celebrating dry January. Yes. Crema, the coffee shop is part of it. And they have NA beer. They have whatever. Yeah. Ankeny has non-alcoholic stuff and we can all encourage them to have more of it. Um, Yeah. I had a friend who messaged me after this one this week and said, hey, I saw you guys, but I didn't stop by because I don't drink. Yeah. And I was like, so you're not thirsty? Like, you can get fries. Carrie Booth a- doesn't drink. You can. Yeah. She's there. Yeah, think of that. Carrie Booth, by Happy Hour Ambassador Extraordinaire. Yeah. I had two NA beers. She had her coffee. I'm having a damp January, I'm calling it. <laughs> you're going to, I like that damp January. We haven't even gotten into any news stories or all this other like meaty stuff on my list here. Maybe we didn't need to. All right. Let's see. Bring it. Well, we were talking about discourteous driving. And I did a story this week about someone who just drove into someone's house oh. off of Southeast uh, 99th and Herald. I mean, it was shocking. This car was fully inside someone's living room, bursted through an interior wall of a bedroom, and, I'm, and then they ran away and just left the car there. Jesus. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think some people see that and they're like, well, I don't know. What can we do? Nothing you can do. And I'm like, oh, God, don't tell me that we're just going to be sitting ducks for this i cannot wait so there's there's some new legislation i think for breathalyzers in cars is there uh joe biden like the biden administration writ wrote into the build back better thing that by some year they're gonna have this breathalyzer technology in all new cars so like it'll just sense your breath in the driver's seat and will disable your car if you're too drunk i mean this doesn't absolutely love that this doesn't include like drugs or other yeah you know intoxicating substances but yeah do you know if that would apply only to people that have been like convicted for drunk driving no this would be like all cars i think because right now people who have been convicted of drunk driving duis often have have this in their cars that would be a minimum like if your state doesn't have that as a minimum i've never heard of that in oregon yeah yeah why not just make it every car i it's a basic thing because you know personal freedom yeah that's funny you mentioned that. That's I did actually look that up this week, and I was looking at some of the or NHTSA had a report on on breathalyzer. Uh, what do they call them? Ignition interlock devices and whatever. That is just a basic. Just thing. like the just number of it. people driving around drunk after nine p.m. is probably yeah quite totally. ter- terrifyingly high. Yeah. Anyway, that would be a basic thing. It might even shut down the street racing. Not that I'm going to... I don't know. Not that I will allege that people there are People also drive like assholes when they're sober. That's true. But... That's true. It's a bigger problem than just drunk driving, yes. But we shouldn't stop that from us shutting down. But I think if there's like an easy... If there's an easy solution... Yes, you're right. 
to drunk driving, and a technology-based solution. It, and this whole, the whole like street takeover, street racing thing is the opposite of that. It is such a complicated issue, I think, especially after what happened on New Year's Eve. Uh, there were groups of people that went around and closed down like several intersections through town, including like 34th and Hawthorne. Like they were everywhere. Uh, they just went crazy. It was two nights, I think, 30th and the 31st New Year's Eve. And, you know, just you've probably seen the videos. They just do burnouts in the middle of the intersection. It looks like a lot of fun. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm younger, would I, it, I yeah. shoot, I would I've been wanting to come across one just to go check it out. Um, but, yeah, super complicated. I was thinking that the cops weren't responding, but they actually are now. They're getting more aggressive, which is a little worrisome because I think there's obviously potential there for some bad things to happen. Um, but it was wild watching the videos of them, like, running with their spike strips and trying to catch people who are fleeing oh, and get dang. their car, their tires popped in their car. Anyway, it's kind of, yeah, this cat and mouse situation at the moment. But um, it, it's really complicated. Like, you can't really put, you can't stop, you know, people from doing fun things on streets like the more you try the more they want to do it i mean a lot of them are younger it's mostly like you know it's these are young kids yeah i can relate it's like they're look getting all the stuff out yeah look at the stuff we do on our bikes like yeah. all the crazy sh stuff that happens during pedal palooza and whatever like all the streets we close down to do our big bike rides like i see some there's definitely some similarities there these are people who are just not this is their community these are people they love and love to be with and this is the thing that they do it just so happens that it's got some pretty big external externalities like toxic air and destruction of property. And yeah, they were on 57th and Sandy. And like, this was like the Karen and me, I guess. But I was like, oh my God, all that nice striping, <laughs> all the crosswalk stripes that are like nice and fresh are going to be ruined. Those darn skid marks. Anyway, it's a weird problem. You're chasing them with your, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, get a tip on when they're going to happen so I can go out and like actually cover it. Cause I want to talk to some of the people. I mean, imagine having like a mic and being able to like talk to some of these folks and be like, Hey, what's, what's the appeal? What, what are you out here for? Like, what do you think about the city? Anyway, I do have one way that I think we could solve it or do a better job of like constraining it a bit, which is like some of the same infrastructure that we would really love to see just from a safety standpoint in intersections would stop people from doing burnouts and donuts like those if you left just some big chunks of concrete in the yeah. middle yeah basically yes so you'd be saving people's lives making it easier to cross slowing down speeds making people have safer turning movements and you'd be preventing these street takeovers because no kid in one of those cars wants to be doing a donut and hit one of those left turn calming yeah. bumps right yeah. we just need narrow, narrower roads yes yeah. so you'd have like a win-win-win like commissioner maps if you're listening and you care about this stuff the same kind of traffic calming devices that would make fewer people die in traffic crashes over the year would also make it so that every one of those intersections you had those, they could not do these takeovers. Guarantee it. There you go. Anyway, on a happier note, as we wrap things up here, um, Monday in the shed, I'm going to have this guy named Perrin Smith who has walked every single street in Portland walked with his two feet and he's actually logged it on a map so it's legit like every dead end every inch of every street isn't that cool wow i mean and now with like strava and these other tools you know you can actually track your progress it's yeah. so impressive i can't wait to talk to him and be like dude what did you see <laughs> tell me at what point did what? it become a yeah like this mission did you know was he just walking everywhere right. and then his background is like cross-country running endurance runner person so he's okay 
predisposed to be like a, a footed person. And I think he, um, he gave up his car several years ago. He just lives down the street actually from the shed. So that'd be fun. Yeah. I can't wait to hear like what kind of, what do you call them? Like enlightenments did he come across? I mean, that's some serious, I want to ask him like, how long does that take? Right? Like I've known people to do that on bikes. How many miles of walkable streets are there? That's a good question. I do not know. Okay. Seems like a pretty large amount. I mean, I feel like this guy could get some consulting contracts from Peabot or something. Like, you know, he's got some inside information. <laughs> he needs that PDX reporter yeah. on speed dial. Yeah, there you go. I wonder if he did any of that kind of stuff. So um, what else? We're looking into the crystal ball here. See how I just like, that's going to be a new segment, crystal ball toward the end. So we have okay. quiz in the beginning. Fantastic. We could do. Looking forward. Yeah. Each one of these little segments needs its own little sound effect. So that the listeners know that. So what's what happening. is crystal ball like sound a tinkling, effect? like a Ooh, yeah. ling, ling, ling. like I don't know if that's a good, but maybe something like that. Okay. Okay, crystal ball. We're going to be talking to Parent Smith on Monday, so look for that episode to come out. Uh, oh, guess who's? I'll be doing a video chat with later today. Somebody who was on a bike bus, right? I think it's from like Buckman and some other schools down mm-hmm. in Southeast. They lead a bike bus and they got road raged. Oh yeah! During a bike bus ride, imagine having a bunch of little kids on bikes, and you feeling Is that like, Rob? yeah, you need to feel like you need to yell and threaten people Ugh. who are leading it. So I'm gonna get to hopefully hear about more what happened with that. Um, there's a new path out on Marine Drive near Troutdale that's Fun. coming into focus. Yes, almost done. I think hopefully getting some excited emails from people. I'm so going on a bike ride on Sunday out to the Sugar Pine. Oh, you are driving. Do you? We'll be near there. You don't. Well, you know the nice route, right? You want to go out toward the. Well, I'm following Sundial Maria's route. route. Which route? Maria, sure. Is oh, that's probably good then. She knows what's going yeah. on. Yeah, but you don't want to go through like the truck stop right thing. You want to go do the little extra, and you might see with your own two eyes like the new path. So maybe give us a report next awesome. week back. I'd love to have a bikeway to get to um, Oxbow Park. Yeah, well, we have a guy who comes to Happy Hour every week named Frank. Okay. He is the guy. He's like the Gresham Troutdale. He lives in He's Troutdale. He's the guy to talk to. He's okay. the East County bike advocate extraordinaire. Okay. I don't know if he... He's probably a member of Bike Loud. Anyway, but yeah, he's he's awesome like that. Yeah, because I agree. We we could we could use Frank for our, all of our uh, bike camping projects that we want to get, which is like make it easier for us yeah. to get to... It's just a great cool place in the summertime. There. Yeah, Oxbow. Get even, in the river. Yeah, because imagine if we could get to Oxbow more safely, like what else that opens up? Yeah. Hanging out on the sandy and other spots too, mm-hmm. including including Sugar Pine. But anyway, there's some good stuff right outside of Troutdale coming. They also had a grant for a, a Sandy River, a new piece of the Sandy River Trail, but like on the west side, not the east side. So, anyway, stuff to look forward to this year. Cool. Um, Is that all you see in your crystal ball? Oh, so much more. <gasps> <gasps> Lots more stuff. <laughs> but I'm gonna save it for future episodes. We're gonna be maybe doing this every week, so. As long as Eva doesn't move to like Switzerland or something and just, you know, fully lean into her mogul lifestyle, uh, maybe we'll I'll get her in here every Friday and we'll just be doing in the shed. It's going to happen. Yeah. Because there's so many more things in my notes we didn't get to. So I'll have to save them for next time. That's great. Thanks for coming by, Eva. Thanks for having me. All right. That was Eva Frazier and I wrapping things up from the shed this week on January 5th. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate all of your support. If you are not a paid subscriber of Bike Portland yet, please become one today at bikeportland.org support. 
uh, and find out how you can be a part of what we're doing here and pay a little bit in to keep it thriving and surviving. I also want to thank Brock Didis of Sprocket Podcast fame for our wonderful new theme music and want to hope that everybody's year is off to a great start. If not, there's always tomorrow, new day, new sunrise. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, and until next time, we'll see you in the streets. Bye.